0: Part One, Chapter Eight of In Desert and Wilderness. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K Hand. In Desert and Wilderness by Heinrich Schenkerovich, translated by Max Anthony Dresmal. Chapter Eight. The night faded. The men already had the saddles on the camels when suddenly they observed a desert wolf. Which, with tail curled beneath it, rushed across the pass, about a hundred paces from the caravan, and reaching the opposite table land, dashed ahead, showing signs of fright as if it fled before some enemy. On the Egyptian deserts there are no wild animals before which wolves could feel any fear, and for that reason this sight greatly alarmed the Sudanese Arabs. What could this be? Was the pursuing party already approaching? One of the Bedouins quickly climbed on a rock, but he had barely glanced when he slipped down yet more quickly by the prophet he exclaimed confused and frightened a lion is rushing towards us and is already close by and then from beyond the rocks came a base wow after which stas and nell shouted together saba saba as in the arabian language this means a lion the bedouins became frightened yet more but shamis burst out laughing and said i know that lion saying this he whistled drawlingly and in a moment the gigantic mastiff dashed among the camels seeing the children he leaped towards them from joy he overturned nell who extended her hands to him he reared himself on stas afterwards whining and barking he ran round both a few times again overturned nell again reared himself on stas and finally laying down at their feet began to pant his sides were sunken from his lolling tongue fell clots of froth nevertheless he wagged his tail and raised his eyes full of love at nell as if he wanted to say your father ordered me to watch over you so here i am the children sat close to him, one on each side, and began to pat him. The two Bedouins, who never before saw a creature like this, gazed at him with astonishment repeating, O Allah, O Kelb Kabir, by God, that is a big dog, while he for some time lay quietly. Afterwards, he raised his head, inhaled the air through his black nose resembling a big truffle, scented, and jumped towards the extinct camp-fire near which lay the remnants of food. In the same moment goats and lambs' bones began to crack and crumble as straw in his powerful teeth. After eight people, counting old Dinah and Nell, there was enough for such Kelb Kabir. But the Sudanese were worried by his arrival and the two camel drivers, calling Shamis to one side, began to speak to him with uneasiness and even with indignation. Iblis Iblis, one of the names of the devil in the Quran, translator's note brought that dog here exclaimed geber but in what manner did he find the children since they came to Garak by rail surely by the camel tracks answered chamis it happened badly everybody who sees him with us will remember our caravan and will point out where we went we positively must get rid of him but how asked chamis we have a rifle so take it and shoot him in the head in a case of urgency chamis might be able for stas had several times opened and closed his weapon before him but he was sorry for the dog of whom he was fond having taken care of him before the arrival of the children at medinet he knew perfectly that the sudanese had no idea how to handle a weapon of the latest model and would be at a loss what to do with it if you don't know how he said with a crafty smile that little Nusrani christian could kill the dog but that rifle can fire several times in succession so I do not advise you to put it in his hands god forbid replied Idris he would shoot us like quails we have knives observed geber try it but remember that you have a throat which the dog will pull to pieces before you stab him then what is to be done shamis shrugged his shoulder why do you want to kill the dog if you should afterwards bury him in the sand the hyenas will dig him out the pursuers will find his bones and will know that we did not cross the Nile but made off in this direction let him follow us as often as the Bedouins go for water and we hide in the passes you may be sure that the dog will stay with the children Allah it is better that he came now for otherwise he would lead the pursuing party on our tracks as far as Berber you do not need to feed him for if our leavings are not sufficient it will not be difficult for him to get a hyena or jackal leave him in peace i tell you and do not lose any time in idle talk perhaps you are right said idris if i am right then i will give him water so that he shall not run to the nile and show himself in the villages in this manner was decided the fate of saba who having somewhat rested himself and eaten his fill in the twinkling of an eye lapped up a bowl of water and started with renewed strength after the caravan they now rode on high level ground on which the wind wrinkled the sand and from which could be seen on both sides the immense expanse of the desert heaven assumed the tint of a pearl shell light little clouds gathered in the east and changed like opals after which they suddenly became dyed with gold one ray darted afterwards another and the sun as is usual in southern countries in which there are scarcely any twilight and dawn did not ascend but burst from behind the clouds like a pillar of fire and flooded the horizon with a bright light it enlivened heaven it enlivened the earth and the immeasurable sandy expanse was unveiled to the eyes of men we must hasten said idris for here we can be seen from a distance accordingly the rested and satiated camel sped on with the celerity of gazelles saba remained behind but there was no fear that he would get lost and not appear at the first short halt for refreshments the dromedary on which idris rode with stas ran close to the one on which nell was mounted so that the children could easily converse with each other the seat which the Sudanese had made appeared splendid, and the little girl really looked like a bird in a nest. She could not fall, even sleeping, and the ride fatigued her far less than during the night. The bright daylight gave courage to both children. In Stas's heart the hope entered that since Saba had overtaken them the pursuers might do the same. This hope he at once shared with Nell, who smiled at him for the first time since their abduction. When will they overtake us? she asked in French, in order that Idris should not understand them. I do not know it may be today perhaps tomorrow perhaps after two or three days but we will not ride back on camels no we will ride only as far as the Nile and afterwards go by way of the Nile to El Wasta that is good oh good poor Nell who had previously loved these rides had evidently now had enough of them by way of the Nile to El Wasta and to Papa she began to repeat in a sleepy voice as at the previous stop she did not enjoy a full sound sleep, she now fell into that deep sleep which, after fatigue, comes towards morning. In the meantime the Bedouins drove the camels without a rest, and Saas observed that they were making their way towards the interior of the desert. So, desiring to shake Idris's confidence that he would be able to elude the pursuit, and at the same time to show him that he himself relied upon it as a dead certainty, he said, You are driving away from the Nile and from Bar Yusuf but that won't help you, for of course they will not seek you on the banks where villages lie side by side, but in the interior of the desert. And Idris asked, How do you know that we are driving away from the Nile, since the banks cannot be seen from here? Because the sun which is in the eastern part of heaven is warming our backs. That means we have turned to the west. You are a wise boy, said Idris, with esteem. After a while, he added, But the pursuing party will not overtake us, nor will you escape.' no answered stas i shall not escape unless with her and he pointed to the sleeping girl until noon they sped almost without pausing for breath but when the sun rose high in the sky and began to scorch the camels which by nature perspire but little were covered with sweat and their pace slackened considerably the caravan again was surrounded by rocks and dunes the ravines which during the raining season are changed into channels of streams or so-called cores came to view more and more frequently the bedouins finally halted in one of them which was entirely concealed amid the rocks but they had barely dismounted from the camels when they raised a cry and dashed ahead bending over every little while and throwing stones ahead of them stas who had not yet alighted from the saddle beheld a strange sight from among the dry bushes overgrowing the bed of the core a big snake emerged and gliding sinuously with the rapidity of lightning among the fragments of rocks escaped to some hiding-place known to itself the bedouins chased it furiously and geber rushed to their aid with a knife but owing to the unevenness of the ground it was difficult either to hit the snake with a stone or to pin it with a knife soon all three returned with terror visible on their faces and the cries customary with arabs resounded allah bismillah mashallah afterwards both sudanese began to look with a kind of strange and at the same time searching and inquiring gaze at stas who could not understand what was the matter in the meantime, Nell also dismounted from her camel, and though she was less tired than during the night, Stas spread for her a saddle-cloth in the shade on a level spot, and told her to lie down, in order, as he said, that she might straighten out her little feet. The Arabs prepared their noon-meal, which consisted of biscuits and dates, together with a gulp of water. The camels were not watered, for they had drank during the night. The faces of Idris, Geber, and the Bedouins were still dejected, and the stop was made in silence. Finally, Idris called Stas aside, and began to question him with a countenance at once mysterious and perturbed. Did you see the snake? I did. Did you conjure it to appear before us? No. Some ill-luck awaits us, as those fools did not succeed in killing it. The gallows await you. Be silent. Is your father a sorcerer? he is answered Stas, without any hesitation for he understood in a moment that those savage and superstitious men regarded the appearance of a reptile as an evil omen and an announcement that the flight would not succeed so then your father sent it to us answered idris but he ought to understand that we can avenge ourselves for his charms upon you you will not do anything to me as the sons of fatma would have to suffer for any injury to me and you already understand this but remember that if it were not for me your blood would have flowed under geber's corbash yours and that little bints also i therefore shall intercede for you only but geber shall swing on the rope at this idris gazed at him for a while as if with astonishment and said our lives are not yet in your hands and you already talk to us as our lord after a while he added you are a strange uled boy and such a one i have not yet seen thus far i have been kind to you but take heed and do not threaten god punishes treachery answered stas it was apparent however that the assurance with which the boy spoke in connection with the evil omen in the form of a snake which succeeded in escaping disquieted idris in a high degree having already mounted the camel he repeated several times yes i was kind to you as if in any event he wished to impress this upon stas's memory and afterwards he began to finger the beads of a rosary made of the shells of dumb nuts and pray. about two o'clock though it was in the winter season the heat became unusual in the sky there was not a cloud lit but the horizon's border was disfigured above the caravan hovered a few vultures whose widely outstretched wings cast moving black shadows on the tawny sands in the heated air could be smelt an odor like the gas exhaled from burning charcoal the camels not ceasing to run began to grunt strangely one of the bedouins approached idris some evil is brewing what do you think asked the sudanese wicked spirits awoke the wind slumbering on the western desert and he rose from the sands and is rushing upon us idris raised himself on the saddle gazed into the distance and replied that is so he is coming from the west and south but is not as furious as a Comson." a southwest wind which blows in the spring three years ago near abu hamed he buried a whole caravan and did not sweep the sand away until last winter Uwala, he may have enough strength to stuff the nostrils of the camels and dry up the water in the bags it is necessary that we speed so that he can strike us only with a wing we are flying in his eyes and are not able to avoid him the quicker he comes the quicker he will pass away saying this idris struck his camel with a corbash, and his example was followed by the others for some time could be heard the dull blows of the thick whips resembling the clapping of hands and the cries of yalla on the southwest the horizon previously whitish darkened the heat continued and the sun scorched the heads of the riders the vultures soared very high evidently for their shadows grew smaller and smaller and they finally vanished entirely it became sultry the arabs yelled at the camels until their throats became parched after which they were silent and a funereal quiet ensued interrupted only by the groaning of the animals two very small foxes an animal smaller than our foxes called fennec with big ears stole by the caravan running in an opposite direction the same bedouin who had previously conversed with idris spoke out again in a strange and as if not his own voice this will not be a usual wind evil charms are pursuing us the snake is to blame for all i know answered idris look the air quivers that does not happen in winter in fact the heated air began to quiver and in consequence of an illusion of the eyes it seemed to the riders that the sands quivered the bedouin took his sweaty cowl from his head and said the heart of the desert beats with terror and at this the other bedouin riding in the lead as a guide of the camels turned around and began to shout he is already coming he is coming and in truth the wind came up in the distance appeared as it were dark clouds which in their eyes grew higher and higher and approached the caravan the nearest waves of air all around became agitated and sudden gusts of wind began to spin the sand here and there funnels were formed as if someone had drilled the surface of the desert with a cane at places rose swift whirlpools resembling pillars thin at the bottom and outspread on top like plumes of feathers all this lasted but the twinkling of an eye the cloud which the camel guide first espied came flying towards them with an inconceivable velocity it struck the people and beasts like the wing of a gigantic bird in one moment the eyes and mouths of the riders were filled with sand clouds of dust hid the sky hid the Sun and the earth became dusky the men began to lose sight of one another and even the nearest camel appeared indistinctly as if in a fog not the rustle for on the desert there are no trees but the roar of the whirlwind drowned the calls of the guide and the bellowing of the animals in the atmosphere could be smelt an odor such as coal smoke gives the camel stood still and turning away from the wind they stretched their long necks downward so that their nostrils almost touched the sand the Sudanese however did not wish to allow a stop as caravans which halt during a hurricane are often buried in sand at such times it is best to speed with the whirlwind but idris and geber could not do this for in thus doing they would return to fayum from where they expected a pursuit so when the first gale passed they again drove the camels a momentary stillness ensued but the ruddy dusk dissipated very slowly for the sun could not pierce through the clouds of dust suspended in the air the thicker and heavier particles of sand began to fall sand filled all the cracks and punctures in the saddles and clung to the folds of the clothes the people with each breath inhaled dust which irritated their lungs and grated their teeth besides the whirlwind might break out again and hide the whole world it occurred to stas that if at the time of such darkness he was with nell on the same camel he might turn around and escape with the wind northward who knows whether they would be observed amid the dusk and confusion of the elements and if they succeeded in reaching any village on bar yusuf near the nile idris ingebur would not dare to pursue them for they would at once fall into the hands of the local police stas weighing all this jostled idris's shoulder and said give me the gourd with water idris did not refuse for howsoever much that morning they had turned into the interior of the desert and quite far from the river they had enough of water and the camels drank copiously during the time of their night stop besides this as a man acquainted with the desert he knew that after a hurricane rain usually follows and the dried-up cores change temporarily into streams stas in reality was thirsty so he took a good drink after which not returning the gourd he again jostled idris's arm halt the caravan why asked the sudanese because i want to sit on the camel with the little bint and give her water dinah has a bigger gourd than mine but she is greedy and surely has emptied it a great deal of sand must have fallen into her saddle which you made like a basket dinah will be helpless the wind will break out after a while and will refill it that is the more reason why she will require help. Idris lashed the camel with his whip, and for a while they rode in silence. Why don't you answer? Stas asked. Because I am considering whether it would be better to tie you to the saddle or tie your hands behind. You have become insane. No, I have guessed what you intended to do. The pursuers will overtake us anyway, so I would not have to do it. The desert is in the hands of God. They became silent again the thicker sand fell entirely there remained in the air a subtle red dust something of the nature of pollen through which the sun shone like a copper plate but already they could see ahead before the caravan stretched level ground at the borders of which the keen eyes of the arabs again espied a cloud it was higher than the previous one and besides this there shot from it what seemed like pillars or gigantic chimneys expanding at the top at this sight the hearts of the arabs and bedouins quailed for they recognized the great sandy whirlpools idris raised his hands and drawing his palms towards his ears began to prostrate himself to the approaching whirlwind his faith in one god evidently did not prevent his worship and fear of others for sas distinctly heard him say lord we are thy children therefore do not devour us but the lord just dashed at them and assailed the camels with a force so terrible that they almost fell to the ground the animals now formed a compact pack with heads turned to the centre toward each other whole masses of sand were stirred the caravan was enveloped by a dusk deeper than before and in that dusk there flew beside the riders dark and indistinct objects as though gigantic birds or camels were dispersed with the hurricane fear seized the arabs to whom it seemed that these were the spirits of animals and men who had perished under the sands amid the roar and howling could be heard strange voices similar to sobs to laughter to cries for help but these were delusions the caravan was threatened by real danger a hundredfold greater the soudanese knew well that if any one of the great whirlpools forming incessantly in the bosom of the hurricane should catch them in its whirls it would hurl the riders to the ground and disperse the camels and if it should break and fall upon them then in the twinkling of an eye an immense sandy mound would cover them in which they would remain until the next hurricane blowing away the sand should reveal their skeletons stas's head swam his lungs seemed choked the sand blinded him but at times it seemed to him that he heard nell crying and calling so he thought only of her taking advantage of the fact that the camel stood in a close pack and that idris might not observe him he determined to creep over quietly to the girl's camel not for the purpose of escaping but to give her assistance and encouragement but he had barely extended his limbs from under him and stretched out his hands to grasp the edge of nell's saddle when the giant hand of idris grabbed him the sudanese snatched him like a feather laid him before him and began to tie him with a palm rope and after binding his hands placed him across the saddle stas pressed his teeth and resisted as well as he could but in vain having a parched throat and a mouth filled with sand he could not convince idris that he desired only to go to the girl's assistance and did not want to escape after a while however feeling that he was suffocating he began to shout in a stifled voice save the little bent save the little bint. but the arabs preferred to think of their own lives the blasts became so terrible that they could not sit on the camels nor could the camels stand in their places the two bedouins with shamis and geber leaped to the ground in order to hold the animals by cords attached to the mouthpieces under their lower jaws idris shoving stas to the rear of the saddle did the same the animals spread out their legs as widely as possible in order to resist the furious whirlwind but they lacked strength and the caravan scourged by gravel which cut like hundreds of whips and the sand which pricked like pins began now slowly then hurriedly to turn about and retreat under the pressure at times the whirlwind tore holes under their feet then again the sand and gravel bounding from the sides of the camels would form in the twinkling of an eye mounds reaching to their knees and higher in this manner passed hour after hour the danger became more and more terrible idris finally understood that the only salvation was to remount the camels and fly with the whirlwind but this would be returning in the direction of fayun where egyptian courts and the gallows were waiting for them ha it cannot be helped thought idris the hurricane will also stop the pursuit and when it ceases we will again proceed southward and he began to shout that they should resume their seats on the camels but at this moment something happened which entirely changed the situation suddenly the dusky almost black clouds of sand were illuminated with a livid light the darkness then became still deeper but at the same time there arose slumbering on high and awakened by the whirlwind thunder it began to roll between the arabian and libyan deserts powerful threatening one might say angry it seemed as if from the heavens mountains and rocks were tumbling down the deafening peal intensified grew shook the world began to roam all over the whole horizon in places it burst with a force as terrible as if the shattered vault of heaven had fallen upon earth, and afterwards it again rolled with a hollow, continual rumble. Again it burst forth, again broke. It blinded with lightning, and struck with thunderbolts, descended, rose, and pealed continuously. The author heard in the vicinity of Aden thunder which lasted without intermission for half an hour. See Letters from Africa. The wind subsided as if overawed, and when, after a long time, somewhere in the immeasurable distance the chain-bolt of heaven rattled, a deadly stillness followed the thunder. But after a while in that silence the voice of the guide resounded, God is above the whirlwind and the storm. We are saved. They started, but they were enveloped by a night so impenetrable that though the camels ran close together the men could not see each other and had to shout aloud every little while in order not to lose one another. From time to time glaring lightning livid or red illuminated the sandy expanse but afterwards fell a darkness so thick as to be almost palpable notwithstanding the hope which the voice of the guide poured into the hearts of the Sudanese uneasiness did not yet leave them because they moved blindly not knowing in truth in which direction they were going whether they were moving around in a circle or were returning northward the animals stumbled against each other every little while and could not run swiftly and besides they panted strangely and so loudly that it seemed to the riders that the whole desert panted from fear finally fell the first drops of rain which almost always follows a hurricane and at the same time the voice of the guide broke out amidst the darkness Cor. they were above a ravine the camels paused at the brink after which they began to step carefully towards the bottom end of chapter eight